Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast. For each week, we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Oh, here we go, folks. We're pulling up to the bar right now. It is Wednesday, November. The day. My watch is all wrong. It's like the third. My watch says it's the first. I got to fix that. It is the third of November. It is the third of November, and we are bellowing up to the bar today. It is a beautiful day. We're going to talk about one of my favorite kind of things uh, that I enjoy so much. Uh, I love comics. Anyone who knows me knows I have a ridiculous comic book habit. I spend way too much money on comics. Uh, we may we may have an extra guest. We'll see if he's able to make it on with me. Uh, one of my one of my favorite co-hosts. Oh, I think he. I think we're good right now. Uh, we weren't sure. We weren't sure if uh, Miss Phoebe was going to make it. We're having some technical difficulties here. But I think I, she made it happen. I think I permissions worked out in my Chrome browser. Oh, my bad. Happens. So, but we've bellied up to the bar today, and I can't wait to talk about this because one of the things uh, that I enjoy is I spend money on Kickstarters. I don't know about anybody else. Uh, I really enjoy them a lot. They're fun. Uh, it's one of those things that. You can find a lot of amazing people doing amazing things out there. I've bought everything from comic books to I have a little knife me and my wife have on our keychains that look like pills that were machined. I got games coming. Skybound sucks because of everything that's going on right now. I'm waiting on my one of my games. So today we have bellowing up to the bar with us, Miss Phoebe Xavier of one two three go publications uh 13th moon volume one is already out volume two is coming did i get that right yeah and we thank you for coming to the bar with us i went out and got earphones today because you recommended that should i be putting my earphones in um let's see i'm not getting any feedback right now how's it sound on, on your end just being able to talk to us yeah, no, it sounds fine. So it sounds good that I, I'm all about it. So uh, as always, let's, let's get a little bit of housekeeping done first. So as all, and maybe Miss Phoebe will send me a, uh, a sticker to go with our sticker and a cause back here. We have our board for sticker and a cause. Anything you believe in, anything that you're interested in, whether it be you have your own Kickstarter that you're doing or you have an organization you support, whatever it happens to be, Contact cool. me, send me a direct message on our Facebook page, The Above the Bar Podcast, or our Instagram is at The Above the Bar. Twitter is at above, at under, at the, ba, 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 <laughs> is above the bar four on Twitter. And then our email is The Above the Bar Podcast at gmail.com. You send me a message, let me know what you got going on. I'll go ahead and put your sticker up there uh, and we'll make that happen. And if you're concerned about your sticker in your media and you say to yourself, well, I, my media is just, you know, my media is scary. Because after you read 13 <laughs> Moon, you'll know about scary. But you might say to yourself, well, my media is scary and I need to improve my media. So in that case, you need to go ahead and reach out to uh, 
one of our good friends, friend of the show, somebody who's taught me how to do some media stuff. I have no media skills. <laughs> media by Dibs, your connection for all things media from logos and marketing campaigns to flyers and more. See, look, Phoebe, I know you're an artist, but you might be able to. Is that Mr. Dibs from like uh, the Rhyme Sayers or is that a different Dibs? This is my, this is Miss, this is Dibs from the Marine Corps Dibs. This is Marine oh. Corps Dibs. Uh, Where? Yeah, he's another Marine, just like me. Just another Marine. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good yep. to be here. We we love having you. Yep, that, that is you, Dibs. That is you. He's already he's already watching us right now. Uh, but he makes your ideas a reality. Mention the phrase "belly up to the bar" and get a ten percent discount and a free consultation. So, housework if, if is done. Are, okay. If you guys are um, Marines, you should go download my book, Trouble. Um, issue number one is about a Soulcore Marine, a space Marine from like 400 years in the future. And she's kind of a badass. And um, it's, yeah, it, she has the the uh, demeanor of a Marine in that there are no former Marines. Love it. Now that's, so how many, so I'm curious now, you got me a little curious because I didn't know, you know, you reached out and, and I give everybody kind of the backstory. Phoebe reached out to me and was like, I want to be on your show. Here's my comic. Read it. Don't give it to no one else. Read this. And I'm like, all right there, boss. I'll, I'll go ahead. Shit, let me read it. Damn. I'll read. I know how to read. You can't hold that against me. Just because they said read crayons, wherever the hell that comes from. But I'll read it. Shit. So she sent it out to me. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, now, I read on... Maybe I'm losing my mind. Are you in Uruguay? No, that's just what my Facebook profile says. That's my. Um, it's where I'd like to get to. Um, I have like an idea to sail from Florida down through the Caribbean to South America and retire to there and just write from there. Do you know how to sail? <laughs> no, I mean, I've lived on boats before, but I am, would not be able to um, captain my own boat. I would need to hire a captain. So, so this definitely sounds like um, a HBO special about to happen, where like um, I mean, if, if, it, if they would invest that money in me, sure, we could sail tomorrow. But um, we don't have that lined up yet. <laughs> oh, I was meaning like you got lost at sea, and then they had to make a movie about you. Oh no, we will go all the way. It's island hopping from Florida to South America is not even that that difficult. Um, no, no, the island. It's like. Uh, Archipelago, archipelago that extends all the way from uh, Florida to South America, basically. Oh, nice. See, yeah. My my oldest son is the sailor. Uh, he was in the Coast Guard. I cool. He was a puddle pirate. That's what we call the Coast Guard puddle pirates. So I know nothing about these things. My grandfather on my adopted father's side was in the Coast Guard during the Korean War. Oh, nice. So did he actually? Now, were, did the Coast Guard go over to Korea? Like, did he see action no, in he, Korea? he was completely on stateside, but he was defending America's borders during the Korean War. Interesting. See, mm -hmm. learning, le learning keeps happening. All this learning. <laughs> uh, and if you're out there, look, I know Dibs is watching. Make sure you're sharing this around. Go go grab Cheryl's phone right now, Dibs, and tell her to put it on. My wife got to go grab hers. I'm, I'm like, we jokingly, I'm, I say I'm on weekend jail from Facebook right now, Phoebe. Yeah, Gwen, 
Twitmill is what we call it on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of in that, but like, I'm not fully in, incarcerated. Like, they've restricted my going live until like the next couple of weeks for the funniest damn post that I've ever seen. And I didn't even do it. That was the best part about it was they they were like, you're banned. I'm like, I don't even know what this post is. I didn't even do it. They're like, and there's like, no way. And now they have no way to contact anyone. But wait, did you just like a comment and get banned for that? Or like, how did. No, it was. Uh, um, well, they won't see this. So it was a picture of the elf on the shelf. That okay. was, and he looked like he was being hung in jail. But it was. Okay. But a claymation version of Hillary Clinton walking past. So it was like a Jeffrey Epstein reference. Okay. And I'm like. Do you, do you think that Hillary Clinton has anything to do with Jeffrey Epstein dying in jail? Yes. Okay. I think you're crazy then. Yes. But, um, <laughs> the, uh, One conspiracy theory I'd go with. I think William Barr absolutely was as like the person that directly gave permission for guard shifts on that, uh, on his prison stay leading up to, I don't necessarily even believe Jeffrey Epstein is dead though. So like oh, I no, may be. Okay. So I'm saying now I'm going to go. With <laughs> I'm saying you get the crazy now. <laughs> oh God. Where, where's Anthony when I need him? A good front buddy of mine, Anthony. You and him would have a blast right now because he is. Well, I'm just, they they released a picture of him after supposedly dead, which never happens. Like they either cite me any other incident of like a celebrity being dead where they have to show you like his dead body on a fucking uh, taken away or whatever being zipped up in the bag. Um, we don't usually require that much uh, verification. So yeah, well, that was um, for the hit. That was for the people himself. Uh, and people that brought up to also that there are various studios in Hollywood that can mock up a dead body that would look exactly like somebody for like not even that much money. I'm I'm saying he's dead, and I say they put, not, they put the picture on TV. Here's my theory. Here's why they put it on TV because they needed all the other people that were involved in the payment of the hit to know that he was dead. I don't think it's about, um, yeah, the, the people threatened in that are still threatened in that. There's another guy that just went down this week that lost his corporation for how tight he is to Epstein. Like, um, that is definitely an ongoing matter. Um, and it's super hush-hush. Jizzlene or whatever her fucking name is, is yes. in court about right now throwing a million lawsuits trying to like um, delay her inevitable fucking uh, day with justice by um, clogging up the system with the same tactics that Trump is famous for using. It's just counter sue and like make, make you bleed out money in court until it's no longer worthy to like worth it to you to fight that battle in court. Um, about it is the government has plenty of it. They'll just print more. Yeah, I, I keep hearing about this like million dollar coin or billion dollar trillion dollar coin that they're going to print to cancel the deficit, and that sounds crazy too. Yeah, that I haven't heard that one. See, I look. We may never talk about this comic book because you and I may find <laughs> the comic book is into some whole other shit here in a minute. I 
don't think that the, so this is the thing with my, my Kickstarter right now, 13th moon volume two, we're at like $1,200 out of 4,000 that we were trying to raise. And like a successful Kickstarter project usually is at, at about 30% by day three. And we're at about 28% at like day 12. So I'm pretty sure we're not going to make it like this. This is not um, a successful ride in their, their algorithms. We're not being featured and promoted by them mm -hmm. internally. It's some early markers. Well, so, Andrew, um, I have to get you to Richard Clark. We have to get you over to Richard Clark. I don't know who that is, but that's cool. So you should know who Richard Clark is because Richard, if Richard Clark is a good buddy of mine who does comic books, he's been in the industry for a long time. Richard, uh, most recently, his biggest book recently was Golden Bones with the lead singer of uh, Slipknot. Howard. And he's also what the heck's her la her last name's King. Um she's a horror writer and I can't think of her first name. I have the book. It's one of those anthologies where it's a whole bunch of different writers, very similar to yours. Um uh, cool. and he always is supporting Kickstarters and he's a comic book artist. So I'm gonna have to make an introduction uh on Facebook to you and Richard Clark and he's a big Kickstarter guy. He'll definitely be the one that to look at it and go people need to read this that's awesome i'd appreciate that um my friend uh one of my best friends for the last 10 years uh his father was like the financial manager for slipknot for a while i don't know if he still does that Let's yeah while we're uh, talking richard clark and then i'm gonna add phoebe xavier so now where are you at right now phoebe i'm in st petersburg florida Oh, um, I like it down there. <laughs> I love Florida. Um, people question me and think I'm crazy for that too. Um, but yeah, no, I think Florida is pretty awesome. It's very diverse and almost nobody in Florida is from Florida. So no. it's like the melting pot of America um, and or just where people from New Jersey and New York come to die. But like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm from New Jersey and I love New York. So it's a culture that I can celebrate in that way too. Uh, well, in Florida, you're you're like in little New York. Yeah, I'm a Mets fan. A lot of Mets fans down here. Well, I'm an O's fan, and we whooped your ass in the World Series in 1980. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. Wait, uh, O's? Who? Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Word. Um, uh, cool. <laughs> so so tell everybody what what volume – so let's start with volume one. Can we still find volume one? Yeah, actually, and like uh, maybe I'm like sticking a, um, a stick in my own spokes by having this free still online while I'm also offering it as a bonus on the Kickstarter. But um, volume one is available for free on IndiePlanet.com. Um, that and Trouble Number One, which I recommended to you a few minutes ago, yeah. those are both available for free on IndiePlanet.com as a digital download, not as a, um, in a, a physical copy. So I just sent Richard... A message for you. You're gonna have to send him a link to your Kickstarter, and you're gonna have to share me a link so I can share it with everybody on our Facebook page and on our you our Twitter and YouTube, and it'll go up on our Podbean so they can find it. So it just popped up in my um on my messenger. I see it. Perfect. So you'll don't do it now. You gotta okay. stay with me now. I know you're excited. <laughs> I know you're excited. So now, so tell everybody what Thirteenth Moon is about. 
it's a horror anthology that centers around Halloween, and um, we have a narrator, um, a la um, the Crypt Keeper, but he's a giant raccoon, an interdimensional raccoon called Mirror the Timebender, and um, so he sort of intros each book and outros each book, and um, but what the stories themselves are are a diverse series of horror stories. We only have like maybe one actual Halloween themed story out of all 15 in the first two volumes, but it's all horror and it's all um, meant to be here for October, which, you know, I thought we were going to hit our goal by Halloween. <laughs> now, now how many of the stories did you write? I only wrote one in each volume. Okay. And what, which one in there? Cause I'm, I don't have it in front of me. I, I read it digitally folks, so I don't have a hard copy in front of me, but I really enjoyed it. Again, 13th Moon, Volume 2. You can find it on Kickstarter. Look it up that same way. Great cover. Who did the cover? Um, both years, the cover was done by my friend Bayron Calderon. Um, he's a friend of mine from Trenton, New Jersey, uh, surrounding region of there. And um, he well, came up with Lucy and the Doombringers, which is our cover story. on. From issue one. Thank you. Yeah. And um, actually, he had an idea like a few years before. And it was like three different like scary horror chicks kind of and like a punk house that would have like uh, pro feminist de demon women or something. And um, that he eventually boiled the story down to just being about Lucy interacting with humans. And uh, yeah, it was it, it happened during COVID. I, got, I lucked out. Um, Bayron was not able to do much for a volume two except for the cover because he works full time as a tattoo artist. And um, during COVID, because he wasn't at the tattoo shop, he had enough time to draw those 15 pages. But otherwise, I would have uh, probably not been able to get those full color 15 pages out of him that he scripted and wrote it too. I just came in at the end and um, changed some of the dialogue, but he that was mostly Bayron's story. I loved it. It's phenomenal. Uh, really was a lot was a lot of fun to uh, read, and I love that that character, the the female demon character. Lucy, yeah, um, Lucy, and just thought it thought it was a lot of fun. Very um, puss. Uh, what is it? Uh, Josie and the Pussycats with a uh, yeah, with a human leader kind of going on with like a hardcore satanic metal band. Yeah, there you go, hardcore satanic <laughs> metal band, but uh, Josie and the Pussycats. Yes, kind of like that. It works out in the end that the band sticks together. Now the volume one was was volume one a Kickstarter. It was, and we succeeded. It was like our goal last year was um, twenty four hundred, and we made twenty eight hundred, nice. um, which which still just barely like uh, covered things after shipping and shit. But um, I was very happy about that. That's probably like the um, the height of my underground comic book success to to this date is that project. Okay. Um, and um, but yeah, the. Uh, I thought, well, first of all, we did 66 pages this year. We did 52 last year. So we were adding 14 pages. That's going to increase my print cost and my shipping cost. So um, I padded in an extra $1,600 and then didn't hit the numbers I thought I could hit early. So that's why I'm at where I'm at right now. Um, it's so great. And what I, I so um, you read volume two, too? Did you read volume two? Yes. Um, I read both of them because you sent me both yeah, of them. Sent you. Yeah. You sent me both um, of them, and, and I actually had to take a moment and make sure I was reading the right re – because I wasn't sure if it was, like, going to be an order to it 
or or how the process was was going to work here no no there's not too much of an order to it um it's mostly in different worlds um so like totally different uh, continuities so yeah um like an anthology like when you watch um have you been watching creep show at all the new creep show i've watched a couple of them i've watched a few of them i remember the but original so, one i watched that so, Oh, yeah, the movies, yeah. So, but it's like that, though. That's like, it's just horror to fuck with you. It's not really like, you. there's no continuity from one to the next. So I'll tell you, though, and I don't remember which, which book it was in. The one that I thought was the most. So I love the guy who did the cover artwork, Lucy. I love the artwork in that, and I thought it was a neat story. But my favorite story and i don't know if you could give one a favor because you know it's it, they all are kind of it's your baby um but <laughs> my favorite was and it was kind of a unique artwork and i like unique artworks like i have a friend of mine we call him the pod father he's been doing this a long time he will tell you bad artwork will draw him out of a, a comic completely where for me a bad story i don't care how pretty your artwork is you know Look at look at the '90s stuff that we read, you know some of these amazing splat. Everything was a splash page and bright colors. The stories sucked. The stories were horrible. Uh, just I, get in there. But I was reading just Claremont and John Byrne in the '90s, but yeah. Uh, but see, that's different though. So now you're talking X Men and Superman and stuff like that. That's different. Like that's sort of like saying, you know, you were reading Stephen King compared to a uh, Harlequin romance novel. You know, well, knowing which writers you really like and following their shit, yeah. Yes, completely. Um, but I, I don't remember who wrote it. You probably know it offhand. The uh, mob one where the guy gets thrown into the yeah, water. The Bratva one? Inexorable. Oh, I love that, that. So I can't pronounce the people who wrote that and drew that um, book's names. Um, they're from Scandinavia. And yeah, they reached... Um, there is a... There is a Facebook group that a lot of us underground anthology creators for comic books use, um, uh, comic book anthology creators on Facebook. And it's run by my friend, Philip Pughorn, um, who um, was a part of uh, book one. He wrote the Death Train one or Hell Train um, story, okay. um, One Way Ticket. And But he runs a group that is a really cool space for people to connect. Like, I need an artist for this. I need a writer for this, blah, 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 blah. And... Um, that I, when I first posted that, hey, I want to do a Halloween anthology, these people from Scandinavia reached out to me with this book. And it was only like five pages written at that point, five pages drawn. And I was like, no, this is fucking awesome. And like, yeah. I love the story. That. Yeah, it's really good. Because um, it's like at least two major twists in it. You're like watching this guy like get executed or whatever. And then the execution gets weird. And then he walks into a whole other reality that you're like, wait, this is a horror story in a different way. Right, like it, like it took me a moment. I had to kind of go back and look at it, and I won't tell everybody what happens here because I want you to go read it. Thirteenth Moon, Volume One, Volume Two. Go find the Kickstarter for Volume Two. Um, if you if you you send in enough money, Phoebe will personally hand deliver. But you got to send in a lot of money, <laughs> and Phoebe will personally hand deliver it to you. Um, I just posted an NFT. If you saw last night or the t this morning, I posted an NFT uh, reward. What, now, <laughs> if you, what's that one? 
Um, it's a, uh, the podcast that I did last night that someone could own as an NFT, the, um, the M4A, the .M4A file that is the, that I have of that recording. So now that's a whole thing. <laughs> I don't know what I, the NFT thing just started. Like I saw when it started, um, and they started doing it with, um, videos and it the first one I saw was. The little boy who he's a little English boy and his brother bites him on the face and he goes, Oh, stop, Charlie. Like <laughs> classic. That was and it sold for like I'd have dibs if you're watching. Go look that one up. Stop Charlie. Yeah, I, um, I know about the one the the big like uh slam dunk thing that sort of broke it into the ma mainstream media, like that there was a, a slam dunk from the NBA that was sold for $128,000 that yes. like, you can look it up. You can look it up on YouTube and watch it too. But no, this person has a specific MP3 on their computer. That's worth $128,000 to them of the same exact thing. Um, yeah. But um, so, yeah. So, so in that's in the spirit of how ridiculous that is, I put up a $3,000 reward on my Kickstarter last night. You could have the NFT of the podcast I did last night. Yeah. Like I don't, like, I don't understand this NFT thing. Like, what, like, like, so you own this specific thing, but at yeah. the same time, anybody can go watch it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's, um, it's more just about like a claim to ownership and a, um, how much money could be generated by excitement about this moment in that moment that stupid people are willing to throw their money away. Right. right. Like, I don't understand it. Like, like, oh, this is amazing. You know, you can own tonight's episode of the Above the Bar podcast, which I expect you to want to own this. This is amazing. I'm on here. Well, you Thank offer you. freely on the internet, right? Like, right. But it's so out there. That's already free. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it's, it's definitely one of those ones that I haven't quite figured out because, uh, belonging to like the, the, uh, HBO Max and I had the DC app when it was up. They they recently DCU set me up. Was awesome. Oh my god, DCU was so good. Was um it? yeah, and um I'm watching Stargirl season two still, and <sighs> because they have they have CW money instead of DCU money, like the special effects are not as good this season. Yeah, no. Um and the story's so good. I love the characters, I love the story, but like it's like that DCU money made the difference on production on a lot of shit. Titan still has the DCU money, you can see that, but like um Doom Patrol still has that level of production. Yes, exactly. Um, Doom Patrol is my favorite show. I, I love uh, you know which one was yeah. the best one on there? By far the best one that was on there and got done dirty was um, Doggone uh, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing was really, really good. They had a really good arc on it. They didn't even get to finish their last episode or two. I think they caught the season short. And it was because North Carolina fucked them over. Because North Carolina had offered them all sorts of, like, um, uh, subsidiary kickback sort of shit. If you come do a movie in our, our place, you get these tax cuts sort of thing. Okay. And uh, and when they had shot, like, half of it, North Carolina backed out of it. Yep. And that's actually what why Swamp Thing canceled um, before this before episode. I think the same week that it launched, episode one launched. I think is when they announced it was canceled. Yep, it's funny that you know that story because I was upset. My wife and I really enjoyed it, and we really liked the direction they were going with it. You were really starting to see the green and the rot and all that, and we were we were really into it. And I was like, oh, this is great. 
And then we heard it canceled, and I did the same thing. I looked it up. I was like, why is this canceled? And it was purely tax break money. It was, yeah. No, that's why I canceled that show. Yeah. And I think losing that show also is maybe one of the big financial losses that made DCU collapse. Also, COVID hit and DCU collapsed. All that makes sense to me. It's uh, It it was a lot of fun. But if you haven't watched Doom Patrol, that's another one. So now you're, you know, originally from Jersey. So you you like, you know, up that way. You know, Joyzy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, we eat these and shit. Yeah. Everybody glows it in the dark at night. You know, it's Jersey. <laughs> you know, every everybody thinks they're a goomba. You know, it's Jersey. <laughs> you know, it's it's Jersey. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, just so you know, uh, you just got a friend request from Richard Clark. I just want you to. Thank you, and I will I will hit you up after this, sir. Yep. Um. So, but it's uh, it's definitely. So, what was now? Did you grow up on the? Because I feel like Jersey, New York City, um, your major cities had a big underground comic world, and if you've never seen some of these underground comics, they were. Uh, I've seen a couple of them over the years. Some of them are good. Most people don't realize Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles started as a underground comic that's probably I, I don't know in my opinion it's probably the biggest one that i know of is is teenage mutant ninja turtles was an underground comic that kind of can, can i interject there yeah please um, i've told this story before but um me and my mom were at a comic book store i don't know exactly where actually probably um uh in perth amboy um or yeah, probably in Perth, boy, uh, in New Jersey, that um, comic book store that me and my mother and my brother used to go to there, that we were in the store when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one was on the shelf. And uh, I was picking up like G.I. Joe and Transformers comic books or something. And my mom was like, look at this weird shit. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I looked through it and I was like, this is pretty cool, but I want this other shit. And so like I could have actually probably had a copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one but went for like Transformers number five or something instead. Uh, and and that would have paid for your Kickstarter now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, it precisely would. They would. <laughs> well, and I guess like I've so I've never read the original TMMT stuff, but I guess it was much darker than than what we see on TV. A bunch of like teenagers eating pizza and all that. No, they were like slicing people off. They were like straight up ninja ninja action. They did still eat pizza, but yeah, it was definitely like uh, more graphic violence than they could put in PG thirteen movies. Um, and the uh, there's a couple of graphic novels that I've read of that old school uh, TMNT shit that is really good, like ninja fucking um, ninja I stories. Wanna, I don't know if I want to watch ninjas fucking, but we'll go with it. Yeah, no, no. Uh, that's a <laughs> that's an adjective or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, no. That uh, old school TMNT was actually pretty brutal ninja shit. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, uh, they didn't have the comic comedic like bebop and rock steady right. clownery inside. Yeah, it wasn't like, hey guys, let's go eat some pizza and fight somebody. You know, that well they did eat pizza. I'm saying that's an element. It was still. darker. It was much darker. Yes, that. <laughs> It was dark. Phoebe, it was darker. Go with it. Stay with me here. It was darker, but they still ate pizza. It was just dark pizza. It was dark soul pizza. 
was pizza for your soul. That's why you're supposed to make 13 moons. It was pizza for your soul. Hey, that's mathematically every year there's 13.025 moons in this uh, full moons in a year. That's, so that's so where is that where the name is. comes from? Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, a big part of the Mayan calendar, too, um, which is where I might have got hip to that information. But yeah, 13 moons in a year are pretty automatic. Um, Did not know that. Yeah. See, I don't, I, I'm the guy who's like, you can educate me on pretty much any of those kind of things. I enjoy it. I find it interesting, but I'm not the one that, that knows it. So what was your inspiration? So let's get, you know, here you are, young Phoebe hanging out in the comic book store with, with mom and the boy oh, yeah, yeah. um, picking up a little uh, Transformers, GI Joe, all, all the classics here. Um, where, what was like, now that's very different than horror here. So what was the inspiration behind, like, as you were growing up, was this a more recent thing or have you always been doing, I know you, you have the other book out, but how does it come along? Well, art, comics, everything. Tell me about it. Okay, um, as far as my introduction to comic books, um, so I, my mother taught me to read pretty early. Um, she was re reading to me from when I was in the womb. And um, I could read by about like two and a half. I was reading my own Dr. Seuss books and I read wow. it back to her one day, like, hey mom, look, I can read. And I read like Green Eggs and Hamtor or something. And she was like, nah, you just memorize that because I read it to you every night. I was like, no, fuck you. I was like indignant. Like, I know how to read. Like, give me something to read. And she like gave me a newspaper and I took a few seconds to sound it out. But like, I read the, the headline in the newspaper back to her and she was like, you're the fucking devil. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but she knew she had done good and like, you know, taught me like her own passion in reading. And um, so after um, I was bored with, Dr. Seuss and shit, I had comic books by like age four or five that she gave me her old comic books, which was like mostly old Superman, Supergirl, um, and Tangent, like Jimmy Olsen and Lana Lane, and everybody had their own book back in the fucking 50s right. and 60s. Yeah. Um, but like also Witching Hour and um, uh, Tales from the Crypt was a book actually back then too. Yeah. And so books like that were like shit that I was reading like by the time I was five years old, I was reading shit like that and um, influenced me. And I, I don't, to be a creator, and I don't, um, I don't start writing comic books like I do now until like the last half decade, last six, seven years or something. Um, but uh, I was telling stories from at least that young, from like, I was inspired to be a story. And having um, younger siblings, I think, is what forced me into that position, that um, long car rides when um, me and my brother and my sister would be driving an hour and a half across New Jersey or Pennsylvania, that they were bored and we knew not to bother mom and dad. And so some way to occupy our attention would be me coming up with some crazy story. And I had enough reference material. I was inspired enough already by how much I had been reading that I could start as a storyteller that early. That's awesome. So now when you were younger, like where, were there still these, where is it still horror tales or, or what, what was, I was it? More, I think it was more way, I was way more upbeat then. Um, it was definitely more just about adventure. Like, and then this problem happens, but we can still solve it. And then this problem happens, but we can still solve it. Like just keeping it exciting, I think was probably my theme that early in storytelling. 
Um, but yeah, horror um, is definitely something that, like some of my stories that I've written are actually shit that like I had like got physically ill over writing it because I came up with a good idea and then like putting it down to paper, like it was like, oh, I got to go into these graphic details that I'm not comfortable with. But to make this a good story, you know, you got to work through this and tell this thing. Um, like it's, uh, like what, it's what, I, see, I'm curious now, what did you write that got you physically ill? Um, I read a, a story and it's going to come out in my um, uh, short story collection, Subliminal Latency, that should be out by early next year. And it is the story I'm referencing is called Chase underscore rape underscore kill dot FDV. And it's about um, FDV. What is that? Um, it's, it's a file format. Okay. Um, and it's from. Uh, like MP3 or whatever, um, but yeah, okay. and and um, it's about a recording made by um, in a memory slide, I think they're called, and they're they're in the back of your neck in the future, and it records what you're seeing and experiencing. And so I retell the tale of a woman getting chased and raped and killed in New York in like the year 2114 or something, and like I like took on the perspective of being that woman and wrote that. And um, so, yeah, it was definitely not a comfortable thing overall to do or try, try to do as art. Um, but the end result I, I'm pretty happy with. And um, yeah, uh, there's other, there's definitely other parts of my fiction that I thought of and I was like, that's fucked up. And I was like, that would be horrible. Did, and then you <laughs> yourself and you're like, where is this coming from in my head? Well, no, reality, like the world around us. That's like, I mean, it's not, it's definitely not like, <laughs> I'm not worried about the evils of the universe being seated within me because like the world I see around me inspires these crazy things. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, you are in Florida and we all know Florida, man. And I, and I started in New Jersey, so. <laughs> oh, look, that, and well, I mean, you'll appreciate that, that uh, we hang it. I've had on the show um, Lloyd Kaufman. Do you know Lloyd Kaufman? Is that like a um, a musical composer for movies or something? Nope, that's uh one of the two owners of Trauma Films, Toxic Avenger. Oh, oh shit! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Toxic <laughs> Avenger. Toxic <laughs> Avenger. My bad. They I put out it. Trey. They put out Trey and Matt's um Cannibal movie when no one else yep. would put it out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Hey, uh, I've been the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he. I I've spoke to him. I talked to him a couple weeks ago, but yeah, the great, you know, that I always think a lot of uh, the underground horror always gives me that similar vibe. It's almost like they found a way to turn underground horror into a movie. Well, yeah, like um, I said, um, me and my friend, a friend of mine from Florida um, are working on an American horror story pitch um and it's basically about florida stories and um the uh i i, I threw a couple of ideas across his his uh in the in the messenger that he was like yeah that's fucked up that's seriously fucked up and i was like yeah that's like how you write horror you come up with ideas that you are uncomfortable with and you're like yeah i'm still gonna write about this like i'm still gonna make this into a scene that i make other people watch too <laughs> this is the shit that's in my head now you get to have it too yeah, yeah. Share this. It's bad for all of us. <laughs> we, we can all be miserable together. Here. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's definitely camaraderie in like facing the horrors of life. Yeah. 
I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit about how, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want anyone to be affected negatively by my heart, but I do still have to get it out when it's an idea that I came up with. Well, you you don't want it stuck in your head for too long. Yeah. Then I'll sever it and I'll have heads in my freezer. That's it. You know, and that's, and that would be good for me. I'm going to be honest with you, Phoebe. If all of a sudden after this show, you're arrested <laughs> for heads in your freezer. That'd be really you, good. You would make a lot. You get a lot of hits on this podcast. I, people are going to be like, uh, tonight on 11, uh, Phoebe Ooh. Xavier found an apartment with 14 heads inside of her freezer. No one quite knows. She admitted it to it. Or the above the bar podcast, you can go now and listen to it. Like that would be most amazing thing for me. Like, would you do that? I, I, you go get fourteen heads. Put, please don't do that because I then somebody will be like, "I'll get in trouble." Then the next minutes. no, I can't. There's, yeah, there's no don't. way. Please don't, no. because you know what will happen is I'll get in trouble and they'll be like, "You made her go do this," and I'll be like, I, "You'd have to give me more time than by the time this podcast ends." Yeah. Well, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't go out till tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. I mean, come on. All right, all, all right. Well, I only have like two or three heads in the freezer so far. So let's see. Fair Another. enough. I mean, <laughs> two or three. What did Dahmer have? I mean, I don't think Dahmer had that many in the freezer. I don't know. I don't know the specifics on shit like that. I know some people um, are obsessive about uh, serial killer uh, factoids, but no, serial killers were never something that really appealed to me. Now, that's a great question. So you now. You kind of bring that up. I would think that if this is the genre that you're going into, was any of the real life stuff like ever interest you or, or was it more the movie Hollywood side to it? Um, so this is the thing with horror. I don't like when I was a little kid, um, I didn't watch the Freddy Krueger stuff. I didn't watch the Jason stuff. That shit scared me. Um, uh, the Wicked Witch of the West scared me when my family would watch that shit in the early 80s. Like, yeah. Um, so there was a time when me and a bunch of people were at a sleepover in the late eighties, early nineties, I think it's happy late eighties that American Ninja came on and the violence in American Ninja was enough for me to leave the room. Like, um, that, uh, I was definitely not, uh, interested in gore and violence growing up. Um, and horror, I think my induction into horror is more from the fantasy side that I like, um, ideas of magic and um so when it when it comes into like spiritual spells and shit that's when horror is more interesting to me um uh i do watch shit like i watch uh ash versus evil dead i used to watch that when it was on great show it was a great show but but it's like really campy like it's really campy when like a head gets uh, cut off and like it's like fountains and pounds of blood you're like that's not realistic it's hilarious like so yeah, I, I can enjoy it more when it's in that sort of um, context, but um, uh, shit like Saw and um, other like horror, the way horror is taken uh, a certain step in a direction of what is it, the uh, the Suspense. one where they kill each other once a year, um, The Purge, Purge. shit like that does not, does not appeal to me. I, I'm not very interested in movies like that. Um, no, I get it. No, I get it. So, so like you would enjoy um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, that's my childhood. Yeah, right. Because that Attack was funny. Of or, or Attack of the Attack Tornadoes. Tornadoes. Yeah, you know those those were campy, kitschy. Nobody was was buying it. But then you watch something like a Saul or um, 
what's the other ones where they're I can't think of the damn name of it. Whether is one of them that is kind of ridiculous. With the doll. What's the one with the doll? The uh wait, Chucky or what? No, not Chucky. Because Chucky's funny too, because you know it's you know campy. That... Yeah. Um, no, it's uh it's like this doll, and it's actually based on a real doll that uh was was associated with um this whole thing. Like I met do you watch? Do you ever watch any of the the show, the horror shows? Like, um, uh, God, I can't even think of the name of, them, but like the the actual horror TV, like the uh, Ghost Hunters. You ever watch Ghost Hunters? Oh no, no, no. Um, I have uh, sporadically watched uh, some of them occasionally, um, probably when other people had particular interest in, like, hey, let's throw this on. But no, um, I watch Ancient Aliens a lot more than I watch Ghost Hunters. Is it just because you like the dude's hair? Uh, no, I love that they like bring all this real archaeological fucking evidence in and then go off the rails with it. They're like, so because this shit really happened, we brought uh, carbon dated this to like 1400 BC aliens. <laughs> like, right. I like I like to watch that hard fucking stretch to the left where they're like, we have real good science and then aliens. <laughs> so, if you like that kind of stuff, though, um, because it's my show, so I can plug my own shit. Um, on November 20th, we're going to have the guys from Unearth. What's it? Uh, Unearthing the Supernatural. You got that? Is that a TV show? Is it, is it 420 already? <laughs> yeah, right now it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, called Unearthing the Supernatural, and it's on... Uh, I don't know if you know who Patty Negri is, but she's on. She's a famous. Uh, we've I've interviewed her before. She's phenomenal. She's such a good person, but she has her own network now. Um, and they do like all kinds of these different groups, but these unearthing the supernatural. These guys are the first ever all Native American, uh, super ghost hunter team. They use uh, rituals from their own culture to try to unearth things. They were on that Demi Lovano uh, show where she was going and searching out supernatural uh, meth and heroin and whatever it was. Um, that's not supernatural. <laughs> that's a whole nother supernatural. No, I'm kidding. Please know what the four people that are going to listen to this, please don't go tell Demi that I said that it was a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize for smoking pot on the air. I don't know. I don't care. I don't. I'm drinking. I think in Florida. Oh, that's Delta Eight. Never mind. I'm smoking Delta Eight. So, well, you're in Florida, and I'm in New York, and it's legal in both. So you're good. It's not legal recreationally. Oh, Delta Eight is. Yeah. What the hell is Delta Eight? Are you serious? You don't know about Delta Eight? No. Um. So it is. So you know what? Like, um, when they used to sell like, uh. K2, um, the phony synthetic weed or whatever right. um, at shops. Well, okay, so apparently the definition of how weed is illegal or which weed is illegal comes down to a certain specific, like, uh, a, a certain uh, specific form of cannabis that has delta-9 molecule in it, which is like about how many carbon molecules are attached to the THC or something. So there's also delta-8, which is just a slightly different um, cannabinoid that isn't as bad as K2. It doesn't, like, fucking fuck you up the way that shit was. You're not going to my space off? 
Yeah, no, that shit was like crack. It, like it, it, um, it gets you high for ten minutes and it ruins your cannabinoid receptors in your brain. But um, delta eight is like basically just a slightly less psychoactive, but it still has painkiller effects and like body relaxing effects. And it's legal in most states. Like if you go into a place where like you could buy bowls and um, uh, you know, a bunch of tobacco and pipes or whatever, they're gonna have delta eight, and it's gonna be a legal form of a cannabis. But does it have THC in it? Yeah, it is THC. It's THC with a different uh, carbon molecule or whatever. The Delta-8 instead of Delta-9. So I, I, I could be saying this slightly incorrectly as far as the specific scientific which, like molecular... I'm just wondering if, it, if you would pop on a drug test for it. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, well, yeah, I probably would. I don't know, but it's changing the whole game in that there is a legal form of it that you could still be like, hey, this is what it was here i'm showing you this is that i possess it and bought it these many times like i use delta eight not regular pot that yeah it's a real alternative in a lot of states i don't know if you yeah oh uh, but new york you guys are completely recreationally legal is that what you're saying yep new york um no there's no uh hedge well there's there's no dispensaries i guess they don't call them head shops anymore there's no dispensaries (laughs) That's our, we're showing our age for a minute there, Phoebe. We want to call it a head shop. Yeah. I'm 45. Uh, yeah. So am I. Same. Yeah. Same age. Uh, yeah. The uh, bicentennial babies. Um, but yeah, so um, what month? Uh, I'm lying. I'm 44 and I was born in May 11, 1977. But yeah. Oh, say, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like, calm um, me out. I got to tell you the truth. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I was just, I, they said, I think it's uh, next year they'll actually open like straight up dispensaries, head shops. Go buy your shit. You're good. It's coming. Like that's one of those ones that I can do. It. I I had a guy on, real good dude. Uh, can do a whole thing about that. About uh, if you ever get a chance to look in like the history of why we, why we made marijuana illegal in the United States. Yeah, after the um the prohibition. Yeah. It was mostly we had to have some re- other reactive suppression for like the religious people to be happy about it. And also just shutting down where the hemp industry was going in general. And that was the bigger thing was uh Howard Hughes owned all the paper mills and the hemp paper was starting to <laughs> blow up and he didn't own that and couldn't own that. So he pushed, he was a major pusher for legislation to illegal, make marijuana illegal. And then some of the other laws were back. uh, It was actually purely to chase off uh, immigrants into the United States from Mexico. They would put out that um, they were using marijuana and they were going to attack our women and they became violent on it. Um, So that was another big push. And then you push your way to, Nixon and the war on drugs and that was again to suppress inner cities and what was going on there because all of it was focused on them. Um, I like why you were saying that the inter, inter, introduction to um, sublime smoke to joints was playing in my head. Um, <laughs> reefer, they're all reefers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, also, when you brought up Nixon, did you watch the new um, American Horror Story where it's with the aliens? Because Richard Nixon is a part of that. I stopped watching American Horror Story. I watched, 
I watched the first one. I love the first one. They're it's brilliant. Murder House, brilliant. yeah. Um, I started watching the second one. Is this because the second <laughs> one? The second one pissed me off because that's the one with uh, it starts off with the lead singer of Maroon Five. Really? Oh, it, it, I'm almost sure that's the second one. Somebody will correct me. It's but the uh, it's the hospital one. I don't know if he opens right. the season. Yep. So, so that was the whole thing. So they open the season and the hospital's all closed down and whatever the heck his name is. I can't think of his name. He's, um, he's in there and he's, you know, chasing after some girl and he's a young guy, blah, blah, blah. And whatever the creature was in the bottom of the hospital eats him or kills him or whatever. But they advertise it the entire time that he was in this. He's in this. Like for the whole season. Right. But it was very yeah. similar to like Drew Barrymore in Scream. She was in it for like five minutes. Yeah. She was right. pretty good though. I first like Drew. Five, I love Drew Barrymore. But she's in it for the first five minutes and then she's killed off and you never see her again. So That's putting only- her name on the poster is ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Advertising uh, him that he's in this made no sense. Yeah. Um, so I watched part of that one. My only issue I've ever had with most of those is they get too long. Like uh, some of the series have a weird shorter episode counts recently, but yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I hear that. Uh, I did. I have met. Um, what the heck is her name? Um, she's in all the seasons. Um, I don't think anyone Sarah is actually Paulson. in all the Sarah Paulson. Paulson is awesome. Yeah. So I've met Sarah Paulson. Um, job I used to have. Uh, I was in transportation. She joined. She got on, on in my transportation at the time, and uh, I don't think about shit that I say. I'm not good at it. <laughs> so, so she was standing there. We're in Hudson, New York. Wonderful person. Sweetheart of a person. And uh, I'm like, do you want me to put your bag on? She goes, oh, that is the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me. And I looked at her. I said, you should hang out with better people. <laughs> and I didn't think about it as I was saying. I'm like. That was kind of a dick thing to say. <laughs> no, that's the truth. But like, if, if somebody putting your bag up is the nicest thing they've ever done for you, there's a problem. There's a problem. Yeah, like, and and well, that artificial level of polite is like also not necessarily helpful for society. Like, um, she doesn't have to exaggerate that. Like, that is the nicest thing ever. You're just being, you know, seeing that she needed a, a little bit of assistance and being a stand up individual and being like, yeah, I'm also on earth with you. Yeah. Shit sucks. sometimes. here. Let me help you. Right. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Welcome, welcome to the planet with me. We'll hang out. Yeah. Yeah. She was, I'm actually, I've met a few, a bunch of celebrities uh, in that job. Yeah. I met a bunch of celebrities in the weirdest of ways. Um, Where do you know? Do you know um, the what is the stand-up guy that um, talks about uh, the hot pockets that he used to have a big thing? Um, oh, know. he's brilliant. Yeah, no, I'll I'll email. I'll follow up on you. I don't want to waste time on it. But I've met. Oh, I met Adam Sandler at a um, Starbucks in California. Um, that I got to tell him one of my jokes. Um, I got. Um, Hold on. What's it like to tell Adam Sandler a joke? Did you like, was it one of these things where he was like, oh, well, I really enjoyed that. Or did you get done with it? And you were like, I just did that. I mean, I he, thought, he gave me dap. No, he definitely gave me dap. Um, the uh, fucking bump nuts on joke? it. But like, what was the joke? Um, oh, um, 
So um, I was staying with a friend recently who's in an apartment complex and there's just like a single door to get into the whole thing. And was when I was coming back the other day, there was a little crowd of people all gathered, worried and frantic in front of the door. And I was like, hey, guys, what's going on? And then I saw there was a squirrel crawling up the grate. And I was like, hey, hey, calm down. That squirrel lives there. He just forgot his keys. Um. <laughs> but in any case, um, the uh, yeah, that uh, he he reacted positively to it, gave me a uh, knuckle bump, and I had actually waited for the rest of the Starbucks to already like geek out over it and him get his coffee before I approached him. And I was like, yeah, everybody here just like had a like an, a, an epileptic seizure over Adam Sandler being within fifty feet of them. And so I was like, I was working on my computer and then decided, all right, he's calmed down enough, like chilled down off the initial, what he must go through everywhere. Like anytime he wants to go in public, like, holy shit, you're fucking out of fucking Sandler. <laughs> that um, he was back into his comfort zone. And I think I'm just sipping my coffee that I came up and was like, hey, can I please tell you this joke? Like, so yeah, no, that was really cool. And I met other super famous people in other situations. I met Be Real from Be Real from Cypress Hill signed my blunts in like 1997 at oh, Spoken awesome. Group. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's and that's cool. like waiting, waiting in line for an hour and a half for him to do that. But like, you know, yeah, like I've gone out of my way sometimes to stick my face in famous people's business because I was always trying to create and do things myself. Well, that's the only way anyone will ever find you. I th I firmly believe that, you know, I do that with my podcast. I just walk up to people and I go, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah. If we get into a conversation, yeah, this is what I do. Oh, I've never pull your phone out. I'll put it on your phone right now. Put your phone <laughs> right on there right now. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, yep. We'll put it on your phone right at this second. And then you can listen to it. It's worked for me for a while. You're going to have to start doing that. Phoebe. You're going to start taking their phones and be like, let me show you my Kickstarter. All right. <laughs> And then start putting money on their phone. All right. So, I will try. Well, I mean, if I could access their account while I'm holding their phone, like while <laughs> stealing their phone. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to mention earlier, as you all like my necklace, this is a macaroni necklace made by the four-year-old, my four-year-old son that I've been sporting the entire time. Uh, my <laughs> wife just sent me a message. It looked like you're wearing a gold necklace. Nope. <laughs> I'm wearing macaroni. Strictly yep. for my Cuban links. Yeah, strictly for my Cuban links. Do it for the Cuban links. Do it for the macaroni. Blue <laughs> so. tigers for the children. <laughs> so, Miss Phoebe, let's do this again. So we can find you Facebook, YouTube. You don't use your Instagram enough. Got to start using your Instagram. Um, Twitter. It. We can find you to either Phoebe, P-H-O-B-E, P-H-E-O-E-B-E. P-H-E-O-B-E. -E. -E -E. One of them is P-H-O-E-B-E, -E, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, and Or at 123Go Publications. The Kickstarter is under, let me even pull my phone up here. While we are here, while we are doing it, as we get ready to put a bow on this, because I actually, I told you I'm into Kickstarter, Phoebe. I actually have the app on my phone and keep it on there. Look at that. Can you see it? There's my Kickstarter app. Kickstarter has an app. I did not know there was an app. Um, yep. Oh, yeah, baby. So let's type this in. 13th moon. Yeah. All right. There it is. 28%. The first one made 115%. And uh, now the, the same person you said that did the first cover did this cover? Bayron, yeah. He's so a beast. We're going to back this project while we're here. Look, we're backing this project. 
We're going to get 13th moon. 13th, folks, stop being cheap. Stop being cheap. $13 <laughs> for a physical copy. That's it. Don't be cheap, folks. Or, shipping. Yes, thank you. And then $25 for a digital. What's in the digital package? Uh, uh, the digital package is pretty huge. It ha- basically is every book that we've ever put out and a few other books by co- co-creators that I work with on other anthologies. I mean, that's a lot of, like, I'm looking at this right now. For $25, you got the, the volume six of the uh, Apogee, Gunmetal Black Ops 1 and 2, Malik Raining Devil 1 and 2, Trouble Number 1, Santa Claus, Santa Claus Number 1, 13th Moon 1, 13th Moon 2, Modern Mythology, The Hero's Journey, The Zine, Indie Jump Number 000, Fangs and Foul Play 0. It also contains the following short stories. Our worst voodoo doll by somebody named Phoebe A. Xavier and by oh, Chris. And I, didn't, I didn't have a title to put in for Chris McCauley, but we, we do have a Chris McCauley story coming as well. And a Chris McCauley. For, uh, and a story by Chris McCauley. I mean, I'm just looking through these. You can get the pins for 55. Uh, 60 gets you. Oh, but I mean, Phoebe, these are, and there it is, all the way free. You can get the NFT for three grand. If you <laughs> if you spend three grand and you drop three grand on Phoebe's show, I promise you, whatever she gives you, you can come to my house. I will make you three two one ribs, which are my famous ribs, and you can sit down and you can run the Above the Bar podcast for a, for a Wednesday. I don't care what you do, who you talk to, it'll be your show. For a day, if you drop three grand, that'll be my my contribution. I can put that in as an extra like bonus to people on that tier. Is what you're offering? Yeah. If, if you if, if if somebody if you get somebody to drop you three k, you tell them you can put on there. You can have. I will make you three two one smoked ribs at my home in in New in, York. In New York. And you can run the Above the Bar podcast for, for a day. All right. I'll, I'll get that in there. I'm I'm a little drunk tonight, but I will email you about this. Like, yo, did you see this silly shit last night? I will right. I will email you about that tomorrow. E- email me about that tomorrow. I've already hooked you up. So we got to get ready to put a put a bow on this thing. So I'm not – I want a physical copy there, Phoebe. I'm doing it right yeah. now. Here we go. We're going to yeah. add this. My physical copy. Continue with one add-on. We're going to pay for this now. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the project. Thank you for having me here. Um, I like doing the podcast. Um, I'm not super, super, super stuck on my egotistical side, but my expressive side has a lot to fucking say. So, again, tell everybody where they can find you at. Um, You should go to IndiePlanet.com dot com forward slash one two three go for a bunch of our books but you should also go on kickstarter and look up 13th moon volume two and we have like 17 days left on that project i think and we're trying to make about twenty nine hundred dollars well you thirteen dollars less right now thank you so all right phoebe now don't log off after this we got to talk for a moment all right, put it on pause because I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Can we do it like that? All right. Well, you get you get the final word. Go ahead and give everybody the final word. Um, uh, thank you for having me. Love you guys. Uh, read some of my shit, please. 
uh, and look up other stuff that my team works on. Um, yeah, that's it. One, two, three, go. Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.